Welcome to the Ego Sumvia podcast with me, Father Andrew Eben. As always, I invite you to begin by joining with me in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, take away from me whatever keeps me from you. My Lord and my God, give to me whatever brings me to you. My Lord and my God, free me from myself that I may give you all I am, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In our last episode, I asked the question, why don't people want to go to confession? What reasons might they give? And I had a list of eight, eight reasons that people often seem to give for not going to confession. Well, as usual, when I record a podcast based on a list, we ran out of time after the first four reasons, so this is part two, the second half of that list. So just quickly to recap, the first reason was I only need to go to confession once a year, which was the medieval teaching of the church when the practice might be to receive communion only once a year, so one communion, one confession, not 50 communions and one confession. Uh, then the second reason was I can stay at home and say sorry to God on my own, the sort of do-it-yourself sacrament, like eating bread and wine at home instead of going to Mass. Uh, and then the third reason was the really straightforward one. I haven't done anything wrong. So I don't need to go, uh, the, the lack of awareness of our own sinfulness. And then the fourth reason was, uh, God loves me anyway. God loves me anyway, and he'll understand what we call the sin of presumption, or, or, or taking God for granted. So what do we have left on the list of reasons not to go to confession? Well... The next reason on the list is a sort of counterpart to the idea people sometimes have that they haven't actually sinned. And this is that instance where people think they might have sinned, but, but they also think that the church shouldn't mind, that it's not really any of the church's business, and the church has no right to judge, no right to stick her nose in, etc., etc., here, I suspect, and I may be wrong, but I suspect that fundamentally the issue is that people don't like to be told that they're wrong in any way, by anyone, and people certainly don't like to be told they're wrong by the church. So this would be reason number five. I'm not at all convinced that this is really a sin. I don't think this is really wrong, uh, and I'm certainly not going to allow someone else to tell me that I have sinned and that it is wrong. Okay, so once again, what I would suggest is to use an examination of conscience. And you may remember last time I recommended the examinations of conscience produced by Father Thomas Wynandy. Um, use a good examination of conscience. It's a really essential part of preparation for a good confession. If you don't agree with what the examination suggests, then just 
say to the confessor, I've done this, but I don't think it's a sin. Maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong, and the priest will explain why. But don't not go. After all, the devil would be delighted if in this way he could use your own sense of what's right and wrong in order to stop you going to confession and to stop you having that encounter with Jesus Christ in the sacrament. But morally here, I think we're probably talking about a failure in humility, which is a failure to which we are, all of us, prone, by the way. That refusal to submit to the views or the judgment of anyone other than myself. Here I think the saints are great examples. If you look at the great spiritual writers, for example, let's say, Teresa of Avila or Teresa of Lisieux or our own Julian of Norwich, uh, one thing they all have in common is the willingness, indeed the eagerness even, to submit what they have written to their confessor or their spiritual director, to submit their opinions, to say, what do you think? Am I barking up the wrong tree with this? And to be guided by them. God gives us confessors and spiritual directors precisely for this, to be a source of advice and counsel, but also, and this is really important, but also to avoid that temptation, that great temptation in our own age, to be uh, the author and master of our own life, to be the only one taking decisions about my life, to become, if you like, my own God, so that only my will matters. Okay, what's next? Next, now this is quite a common one, I think. People are scared. People are scared or embarrassed to go to confession. So this is reason number six. I'm too scared to go. I can't admit to other people my sins. I can't admit it to the priest because he will think worse of me. I can't go through with the humiliation of it. Now, um, I have to admit, I have quite a lot of sympathy for this attitude because uh, when I was younger, I always used to avoid confession or go somewhere absolutely miles away, the further the better, because I couldn't bear for the priest, for my own parish priest, for a priest that, that I knew, to know what I had done. So um, let's just consider this, both from the point of view of uh, myself as penitent and from the point of view of the priest as a confessor. For myself, as penitent, this is fundamentally, once again, about humility. It is about me not wanting to risk or damage the image that I have built up of myself, uh, the image uh, of me, uh, the image that I am not the kind of person who would do these things. And so my attachment to my self-image stops me receiving the sacrament. And you know, humility is so hard won, it's always a battle, but that's what this is about. And it's also the devil again. It's the devil who absolutely wants you to feel anxious or ashamed 
and who will then use your anxiety and your shame to keep you away from an encounter with Jesus Christ in the sacrament. Now, from the point of view of the priest, uh, and I think probably this issue is more about the penitent than the priest, but from the point of view of the priest, it really, it really isn't in question. The priest will never, never think worse of any penitent. I mean, his primary response will probably be delight that you're there. Um, after all, there is no such thing as a parish where too many people are coming to confession. No such thing. The people will be glad to see you. The, the, people, the priests will be glad to see anyone there. He will also um, forget what you said. Uh, I remember speaking to a priest um, years ago about this, long before I was ordained myself. And he said that he believed God had given him the gift of forgetting at his ordination. The gift of forgetting, because he could never remember what people said to him in a confession. And actually, now I am ordained, it's true. Uh, as a priest, you do not remember. But on to the next reason. Reason number seven. Uh, people are disheartened about going to confession with the same sins again and again. So reason number seven. I always have the same sins again, and it's depressing. Repeating the same thing again. Um, but that's fine. That's fine. Surely it would be a whole lot more depressing having a great collection of new sins to confess every time you went. So, so somehow you've discovered new and creative and imaginative ways of sinning which are completely different from the last time. But this is not how life works. Lots of sin is deep-rooted and habitual and takes time to eradicate and in that case, it is a war, it is a campaign that may last many years. It's not a little skirmish, a little local difficulty that's over and forgotten before the month is out. And for combating these habitual sins that we all have, those habitual sins that are uh, a war for us, uh, we may need to adjust our expectations to be prepared to battle it out for a long time, but we also especially need the regular support of confession, the regular support of the sacrament, just as an army needs to be refueled and resupplied. Right, reason number eight. This is the last one. Uh, uh, there may be others, I'm sure there are. If, if you can think of others that apply, do, do get in touch and let me know. But this is the last one on this list, and I think this is one of the most important ones. Reason number eight, people don't realise how good and valuable and helpful confession is. They do not realise how good it is. Confession is one of the best engines for spiritual growth. You literally become a better person. You start to become the person that God always intended you to be. You grow in self-knowledge. You see yourself more clearly. You start to overcome bad habits. You get spiritual direction uh, and you receive a giant helping of grace, the grace and love of Jesus Christ. And all this is transformative. Anyone who starts going to confession regularly 
will divide their spiritual life into two halves. The half when they didn't go to confession, and the half when they did. Everyone I've ever met who developed a habit of regular confession, every one of those people without exception has said what a huge step forward it is in the spiritual life. It is fantastically helpful. It deepens my relationship with God when I become more precisely aware of how he operates in my life and when I become more precisely aware of how I turn away from him from time to time as all of us do. And in that renewed awareness of my relationship with God and its progress, I also become more aware of the kind of life he calls me to. And if this last reason is true of you, if you are not conscious of confession being a great spiritual aid in your life, then my suggestion is this. For the next few months, start going regularly. Get yourself a good examination of conscience and start going regularly. You've got nothing to lose. You can always make a, a private appointment with the priest of your choice, but make a resolution to start going regularly just for a few months, say once a month, and after six months, see if it makes a difference. I believe it will make a big difference. But if I'm wrong, and it doesn't make a difference, what have you lost? You've lost a very little bit of time. How long will six confessions take anyway. It's a tiny investment in time, and in return you will at the very least have been in a state of grace for half the year. So what's to lose? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So that concludes our list of the different reasons why people might not go to confession. Uh, do, as I say, let me know if you recognised any of those or if you think I've missed any out. And thank you very much for being with me this week. If you are listening on the Podbeam app, do remember to click the follow button and follow this podcast. If you don't do so already, you can follow it also on Spotify and on iTunes. Do get in touch with any comments or questions or suggestions for future episodes, and I will upload another episode very soon and look forward to joining you then. Let's end then, as we always do, with the prayer of our Lord. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
Amen.